Yo, this hot, this the spot, there it is, pod.com. We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them. We're talking about life and life to stream right to you from the microphone right to your home, dude. Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo, because there it is. Welcome to the There It Is Podcast, a comedy podcast to help you find your inspiration. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Thanks so much for joining us today. We have a great episode jamming out to the theme song here. Neil Brooks, everybody, he made the music for that. Great musician if it's your first time listening. That was Neil Brooks playing the music there and he was a previous guest of the podcast so you should go check that out and check him out today's guest is also fantastic she is super talented she's a comedian actor author and misfit lauren lojudice we recently met because we both did high nice people and as many of you remember we recently had hunter and meg on to talk about that show just before we went out to do it and that's how i met lauren lauren is an incredible character performer and we were so blown away by her set that we had to have her on the podcast so let's just get right to it here's my chat with lauren lojudice so much for being on we justina girlfriend of the show justina was in the show that we were both on the high nice people show she says hello (laughs) and we loved you instantly uh you're you're so cool you're so funny every you were a big hit among us and all of our friends and everyone there. So like, you're awesome. Thanks so much for being on. Oh, thank you. I, I met you guys and I was like, oh my God, there's so, I love nice people. And that's <laughs> part of the reason I, I hit Hunter up about doing Hello Nice People is because I just am at the point where I'm like, I just want to be around nice people doing cool things. And, yeah. You know, just jive with that. So I love yeah. you guys. You're so fun. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And we instantly saw just like how much you do because you were doing a character piece on that, but you, you do a lot of stand up. You've done a lot of writing. You've been, yeah. you've been in a ton of stuff, New York times, bus magazine, McSweeney's BBC, like just a ton of things that you've been highlighted in and you've got a Kindle bestseller. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I wrote a book because I did an, a Melania Trump impersonation mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. that became like a thing how things in entertainment often become things like meaning like there's a book part there's a touring show part like Uh i made it into like a thing and then covid kind of put a damper but but however we had i had it and i wrote this book called inside melania what i know about melania trump by impersonating her Mm -hmm. and that was really fun that was a fun that's really interesting yeah and it's like as you mentioned it's a bestseller which is dope and do you have done a ton of this? So you have a comedy album or a couple of comedy albums? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, we wrote so because because COVID, we were like the, the reason both of those came to be was a lot of just like, what can I do right now with what's available to me? Energy, time, money. And that's kind of like where why I create so much. It's because I'm mm-hmm. always like, what can I do right now? So COVID hit, we had a tour planned, a 23 city tour plan, bam, yeah. like, what are we going to do? So we did like some cool things. We like did a rate to our radio show in Chicago. We like did some cool stuff. We did mm-hmm. some online shows with some folks, good stuff. However, we're like, what else? We're like, well, the holidays are coming up and everyone's really bummed out from COVID. Well, why don't we do the Melania Trump rock and right wing Christmas album? 
which uh, is available everywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, I go to Melania. MelaniaShow.com is where I'd head it okay. up. Yep. And some of the show, the songs are on also on Misfits, a comedy album. And that's like Melania ended on the insurrection. That was it. That day. <laughs> yeah. He died. So I was like, all right, what's next? And I had written these songs in mm-hmm. as my characters. And I've like, I've amassed, wow, I've amassed like eight. And that's enough for an album. So I was like, let me do a comedy album. Mm-hmm. It's like sort of a like, tapping off of that like bulk of work and like moving forward with other stuff so that's how i did it yeah and so you you're originally from queens yep and you lived in new york city your whole life where did you go to school in the area where, where did i went to wesleyan university oh yes yeah, yeah. and uh, connecticut yeah yeah so so not too far but uh, you know a great great school did you did you study theater there what did you study while there i studied environmental science (laughs) okay so when did performing come a thing for you in comedy was it before or after it was after so basically i was like all right i'm i i can't i was a kid from queens you know Mm -hmm. wesley was like another universe away where these kids were like you know, everyone was like, yeah, what do I like feel I want to do with like my life? And <laughs> and my grandpa was like, go get a job, put a pension and a benefit. <laughs> so that's why I became a science teacher right after college. I did not perform. I did maybe I did like dance as a kid a lot. And mm-hmm. I was in dancing school, like cheesy Queens dance school. And I never really like performed. But that's because emotionally I was not ready. I just had a lot going on i didn't really understand what was going on until i found out recently a lot of stuff but like i had a lot going on and i was not if i would have taken i almost took an acting class in college if i would have taken an acting class i would have had like a nervous breakdown to like be emotionally vulnerable on stage like it would have been bad it was not the time i was like coming out dealing with stuff dealing Mm -hmm. with a new culture shock so then when i i went to san francisco i was a science teacher in oakland california wow Yep. I mean, I need a job. Yeah. So you just went where there is one available, but yeah. That that talk about a culture shock. <laughs> Oakland yeah. very different than Queens. It was well, well, Oakland is very different in Queens, more similar than like Wesleyan was in some ways. Like oh, it was just mm-hmm. like a lot, but like I had like Queens is a little bit of everyone and so does Oakland. Mm-hmm. So it felt like it just it was like very intense because mm-hmm. it was a second chance school for people. So it was like really mm-hmm. intense. But hey, I learned to be a performer at the Oakland Emiliano Zapata Street Academy in that basement teaching science. Because like if you do not, you have to be like agile and keeping them mm-hmm. on point. And then sometimes oh, wow. like, oh, they're not going to pay attention. No, never. I'm going to ignore them. So you're like kind of like, oh, going wow. Today's not his day. I'm going to just go on what an interesting way to learn a very crucial part of comedy performing because when you're looking at the audience there are those people who are checked out there are those people who are on their phone there are those people who look super upset and you've got to learn to stay on task and keep your momentum and remember everything you need to say and keep the rhythm right while ignoring all of those things you can see that are such a distraction. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What an interesting way to learn that. And those kids, like, they are they can smell fear as yeah. soon as you walk in the room. They know <laughs> if they're going to fuck with you. Yeah. They also know if you hate them or not. Because a lot of people go into those, like, schools where people are from, like, backgrounds 
that make it hard for them to be students. They've dealt with a lot of trauma. They dealt with a lot of stuff. So like they can tell if you're judging them, like mm-hmm. they could, t- they know where you stand. And so just the entrance, like, oh my God, like clown school and stuff, like uh, people just talk about constantly is the entrance is just yeah. the most important part. And I learned that there, whereas so much that like I, so when I got, came back to New York, I was like, all right, let me just skate on this experience to do some easy fluff jobs while I'm working on other stuff. So I became a, a substitute teacher in a, in a private school. And wow. the kids knew not to fuck with me. As soon as I walked in the room, they knew. <laughs> and that's the Oakland Creed Academy. Yeah. Wow. So, and what did you, that, that's, again, you're right. The entrance is such an important specific thing. And clown schools definitely really hit that home. I've heard Steve Martin talk about that, but outside of Steve Martin and clown schools, I haven't heard, or, or like people talking, people talking about clown schools. I have not heard a lot of people address that. And I'm wondering for you with teaching what you adopted so that you could just walk right in there and, and yeah. command the room. Yeah, I think it's like knowing, and it's something I'm, I'm still like working on too mm-hmm. and always thinking about, but I think it's like from them, it's like, First of all, I got to know what I'm up to. What's the first thing I'm going to do in class? I have to have a plan, even though it's it, it might go off the rails. And then I have to be accepting of what they're going to give me in that moment. Mm-hmm. Like I might be, I remember one class, I was like Monday morning, I was like, all right, guys. And, this, and then this and then I looked at them and I'm like, oh, wait, I was retired. I, okay, let me slow down. Let me go back. Yeah. And so just like they didn't mean it. And so many times audiences are like, yeah. If people get mad, I'm like, no, they just they just chill right now or just, yeah. just work with the vibe in the mm-hmm. room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially in those shows when you can't see the faces, but not, like all that well because of the way the lights are. Mm-hmm. And you can you can easily think that a show is not going well when they are really leaning in and smiling and just aren't big laughers. But you yeah. can't see their faces. So you don't see that the smiling. You can't you can't tell that they're leaning in. That was actually at the at high nice people. I couldn't see faces so well from where I was on stage, and so in, in certain parts of the room, and so I wasn't sure if certain things just weren't landing. But what a few people told me, without even me prompting it, was they were leaning in, and that's one of those situations yeah. where you got to just ignore <laughs> that thing in your brain that's telling you this isn't going well. Right. So it's 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 interesting. That's interesting that uh, you learned that. Yeah, I, yeah I, I still struggle. I was just talking to someone the other day, like, because in your head, you know, you have all these stories about what's going on in the audience. Mm-hmm. And like, I have a huge problem performing for people who are like, remind me of childhood bullies. Mm. This is, oh man, like mm-hmm. douchey alpha males. Mm-hmm. I have such, I have such a hard, like fratty, chatty kind yeah. of people. I have a really hard time. And I, and it just makes the whole experience not fun. Yeah. Um, it's because they think they're a part of the experience. And so they talk too much. That's like, that's got to be a universal opinion. Because as soon as you said douchey alpha males, I, I thought, oh, these three guys who were the absolute worst audience members I've ever experienced in my however many, 14 years of doing comedy. Like these three guys stand out and they, that is their vibe. And I've been at stand-up shows where, oh, like, why are you engaging these douchey 
alpha male guys because as soon as they were engaged, they just kind of wouldn't shut up. Right, they, right. They kind of take too much control of the room. They're the worst to perform for. But also from the perspective that you're talking about, if they remind you of people who have been awful to you and there's like maybe yeah. even traumatic experiences there for some people, oof. How do you try yeah. to make them laugh? How do you make them happy when that's what you're trying it's, to do? It's hard and it's hard. And, and even this, the other night, it was like these three guys, these two guys were perfectly nice and they were perfectly laughing and they did mm -hmm. nothing wrong. Mm. It was just all, and it just, and the set went fine. It was just like, mm -hmm. man, how do I deal with it? I'm just trying to deal with it in therapy. And so I can right. have to deal with it because it's like, I just makes it more than anything. We're doing this. We're not doing this for the big bucks. We're doing this because we love it. Right. It's got to be fun. And it, mm -hmm. and I got to make sure to eliminate all the reasons it cannot be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That is a lot of work. Yeah. And like you mentioned, like you're trying to work through it through therapy, which a lot of people don't realize like how necessary that can be when trying to perform because it's all about opening up. It's all about yeah. being vulnerable, especially if yeah. you're doing live yeah. shows. You yeah. you have to be goofy. You have to be raw in front mm -hmm. of these people who you think automatically don't accept you. Yes. That's tough. That's, <laughs> that's real tough. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. My therapist is always like, well, maybe you shouldn't talk about things that you're not totally like she's always like hinting at that. Like maybe it's a little too vulnerable. And I'm like, no, nah, mm. that is why people buy tickets. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Was... And I get like, yeah, there's a line where you can't if you're not dealt right. with it properly. But the whole mm. point is to delve. You're absolutely right. Delving is the point. Yeah. <laughs> and you do have uh, someone did tell me that you do have permission to not delve to certain depths that you aren't yet comfortable with, that's fine. You're still doing the thing. Yeah. If you are still figuring stuff out and, and diving yeah. deep at all, then you are still doing the thing, even if you're not touching yeah. certain subjects. Yeah. Uh, which is nice to hear. But at the same time, I agree, you know, if, you know, if it's like, well, just don't talk about it at all, then it's like, well, then how do you do this? I have a hard time doing characters if I don't feel safe or or in a comfortable space you know it's and you delve so deep into characters and I, I just find it a marvel because I think I maybe sometimes have a capacity to dive deep into a character and really 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 get into it but I need to deal with some things so I can actually go to it at the lengths you were going to it how did character work develop for you like what made you yeah. want to first start doing it yeah. So, so I started characters was like the first thing I started doing. I, so I was in San Francisco and I was like the Bay area. And I'm like, I wanted to start performing. So I started performing a drag. So I was, had a drag oh. character, Anthony DeGuido. And mm -hmm. then I later had one Queens Marie. And I was like, yeah, but I want to like talk on stage. And so that's why when I came back to New York, I became an actor and then I would do characters. And so I was taking the stuff I was learning in acting class, like to my characters, because the thing with characters is like they were like extensions of like things I'm working through. Like mm -hmm. like my my one of my first characters, Carmela Ravoli, and she like is based on my aunt. I mean, based on these are all I, my, sometimes my mom's like, oh, your cousin's pissed because like you queen Marie, give me a break. Her name's Marie. I'm like, OK, <laughs> let's be clear. It's. 
maybe a kernel, but then it becomes a nigga thing. Like, like, tell her not to flatter herself, okay? Like, give me a break. So that's how I started. And I was kind of like, so I didn't have, like, some people come through it with, like, through UCB or right. Mac or other classes. It was just, like, me, like, so, like sometimes I'd work with an acting teacher and then I... The lucid body, which is a technique I highly recommend for character people. It's like all about like arranging energy center mm -hmm. to get a character's energy signature. And like, so it was like thinking about that. And so I was really good at creating these deep characters. And then I was like, well, I got to be better at making them punch harder. Mm. And because I started doing stuff on the internet and the internet is not like super appropriate for characters like Tracy Ullman style that are like right. average story that is not great for the internet. So, Oh yeah. So that's when I started trying to like, I worked with my friend Jesse and started taking classes at UCB and like mm -hmm. just trying to figure out, and I'm still working and I do a lot of stuff with the groundlings too. They have a, an online program I took during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. It's always like, how do I punch harder with the, with the point of view? Cause I just want to talk as the character. Just, yeah. That's interesting. So there are a couple of things there. One is what the, how did you call it? The um, emotional center or, or, or lucid body. Yeah. Lucid, lucid body. Bo yeah. yeah. So yes. what is that exactly? So the pit did a class of lucid body with Faye Simpson at workshop, a one day workshop was hooking. I was like, oh, this is great. And, and, and then I continued to take classes on and off with them for, for years. And, and I read her book and, that's also really helpful. So it is basically like recognizing like there's different chakras in the body have different energies hmm. and each person has like a specific energy signature. Like hmm. like you might be exploded three, which is like your ego center. And then your your shame is in your imploded two. Like they call them exploded or imploded the energies. Mm -hmm. And my job in a character is to figure out what the energy signature is that they hide and that they show okay and that's why people are like you look like melania you look like martha stewart i'm like no i don't i just <laughs> figured out what their energy signature is that's really interesting yeah. because there are certain people like one of the bizarre performances i think people have seen has oh. been jim carrey as andy kaufman Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. there was he he's also very brilliant. And I don't know if maybe it's at what you're speaking to right now, but there is it does seem like a different vibe or presence, like a different person is there when you watch yeah. him do some of these things. Yeah. I mean, Jim Carrey's so good at just taking on the energy. Yeah. And, and just let it. I mean, that he said in that movie, he like where there would be points where he felt not himself. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, I mean, he went so deep. I mean, you have to like figure out how to go deep and then bring yourself back out mm -hmm. again. Well, I love about Jim Carrey too, is he not only, which I'm trying to get better because I I feel you on like being, having it be hard to show people. Because mm -hmm. when I first started, like when I showed Melania, I was so, had so much shame or I was like, oh, is this okay? And they're like, oh, it's good enough to be Melania. And then I'm like, oh, that's right. Like, this is comedy. I could be more <laughs> forgiving, but I think yeah. there's also like, cause you want to like give, you know, give the character some weight, but there's a certain freedom that like Jim Carrey has in like, sometimes when he does his characters just play and being goofy and like mm -hmm. not, and so now I'm trying to work on, I've been doing more clown, like just 
and especially with the groundlings too, it's just about like, just go out there and, and play with some traits and see if you can make it, you make it as you go mm-hmm. rather than like being so like, oh, let me get this right. Uh, yeah. And, that yeah. is, isn't that a, it's such a distraction to like focus on, I guess that's like what perfectionism is, right? Of like, yeah. oh, I got to get this right. And it's yeah the level of that that you obviously have to do, but there's also yeah doing that to the extent that it's getting in the way. Absolutely. And then, and then you can't just have fun. And then look, part of the things with comedy, you know, just being able to write faster, like it was taking me three months to develop a character and I'm like, this is not sustainable obviously there are oh, characters wow. that start to grow and like take on like cynthia's just kind of taken on her life and like gotten big and that feels more fun to develop it that way rather than uh-huh. sitting in my room and being afraid for three months like, <laughs> yeah oh but it's hard interesting. yeah 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 now that's so tough and definitely something that i admire and and aspire for but i think i, I it sounds like i need to take clown classes and things to really do it yeah yeah come to clown clown is fun so fun where have you studied clown so i was so i was writing a bunch of sketches you know i was making character reels that i would just send into a void and and just continuing to write sketches put them online blah 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 and and develop different characters and then i was working with someone who was like you would like this guy ed malone who does clown and so during the pandemic, I started taking his class and it was like really freeing. Mm-hmm. Clown is. And then I took a class with Chris Bays and then I went because this guy is old, 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 <laughs> Philippe Gallier in, Fran- in France. I Because uh-huh. he sits there with his drum. He's like ready to fucking <laughs> keel over. So but anyway, if you want to take him, if you can go to France and study with Philippe, he's pretty insane. Okay. It's so this is how you are delving deep in the characters. That it's all of these different things that you're mentioning and finding the person's energy and finding and and you know thinking about how to present, how to how to how to make that first impression when you enter. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I think too now I'm thinking a lot about what am I saying? I to also try to think about that. Is that mm-hmm. another layer? Like what what am I sending up and what like and what and why why am I doing this what about this is funny Mm. to me and -hmm. sometimes in a sketch it's just for the sketch the person can mean many different things in many different sketches it just depends which one sketch I want to talk so they're multi-purpose so I'm trying to figure that out like how do you there's some people I admire so much they can just write like a character and they don't mind it being like very shallow and it's just funny i, I always admire that <laughs> i'm doing it, I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah i mean it is that is there are different ways of doing impressions right like there's yeah. you know the dana carvey style which is finding a hook and exploiting it you know and really you know his, his hw bush not gonna die, not god you know like that sort of finding that sort of silly fun thing about what they said and just exaggerating it and letting that be the focal point it's not and people watch me like oh it's such a great impression but it's not like it's pitch perfect it's it's a yeah 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 it's like a caricature yeah. in a way but in a good way because it's right. so fun and you enjoy right. it but then there's also the pitch perfect type of impressions and then there's the finding an essence and and yeah. and being that. I, I remember hearing 
Stephen Colbert talking about his Colbert Report character and and what he brought on to perform as that character because he wasn't himself when he was on that show. Yeah. It was a character. And he said there were times where he would just walk in the house and his wife would know that he was still in character. And she'd be like, no, no, get out of here. Like, that's not who I'm married to. And he would have to, like, you know, recombobulate and just to just to be in his house. That's it's all very interesting to me. And and it's they're all like great ways to go about it. Well, how do you go to how do you which way are you like, which way do you use to get into things? So that's one of the things I think when I I try to think about physicality and voice, but sometimes when I do voice, I feel like I'm doing something a little too easy or something like yeah. like like I feel like I'm not really doing it because it, I don't know maybe it feels like a caricature in the in a bad way when I'm just doing a voice. And it's like oh I've done this voice a million times. Like what is this you know? But sometimes when I feel like I'm in the mentality of the character and the physicality of the character there's an essence that comes across and that's really what i want to delve more into is like finding that the essence and being that being the presence Mm -hmm. but what i have a tough time with is then holding on to those things because if you're doing an improv show you're hopping in and out of characters and it's easy as the show goes on to lose it when that character comes back how do you stay in character this is interesting and it's something that like the the groundlings has been talked about like different people would ask questions about this is that like you have like a statement or something like a trick or a hook or a physical thing you do uh-huh. it, you do that thing and a you get into yeah. yeah and then like so if i'm in a if i'm doing like one character so that's and that's and that's hard i think it, it is very hard to like in an improv show you're in and out of different characters that's i mean it's just a muscle i think yeah. and then when i'm doing a character like for a piece, once I'm in the costume, I'm kind of try to stay in the character just to just to make it because I don't know if I'm myself. I don't know. I don't want to risk it. I just want to just be in the character because when I go up there, I'm going to be in the character. So let's just be in it for a bit. And then I'll go up there and do it. And then I'll come off and take off the costume and then I can get out. I've never really utilized it, but I think it's a good tool is to think of an an animal. Uh, because yeah. it it clicks you right like mentally into okay if I'm gonna be a bear then I'm gonna be real big and I'm, maybe yeah. my chest is gonna be kind of out a certain way but if I'm a shark then my head's gonna be down and my I'm gonna move a certain way across the stage and I feel like that's a really interesting way to do it but I, I feel like I always forget to do that you know? it's so t- hard it's, it's so tough. hard it's tough especially in improv because. A lot of times you're thinking about the the scene. So you're like, if you're going to initiate a scene, you're going to think about who you need to be, but you're not necessarily delving deep on the sidelines into who that character needs to be. You're thinking about like, oh, what do I need to say to make the scene clear to my scene partner? Yeah. But you do need to think about the characters too. And like the the team that I'm performing with, we do a certain opening where we are playing characters just like a you know a couple few different characters each of us in that opening and so we have to drop into a physicality and drop into a voice and then try to see what the essence is that's probably what i have the most success with is just dropping into a physicality and letting that inform the voice 
and inform the point of view of the character. And it's so much easier then. But then later, it's hard to, like, if I'm walking around when yeah. I was sitting in that character, it's easy to, like, sit down in a physicality yeah. for me. But if I'm walking into the scene, it's like, oh, yeah. I don't know what the physicality was. And then right, I lose right, it all. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then you're thinking of, like, instead of just hanging out as the character, you're thinking of, like, being in a scene, which is a whole other right. thing. Yeah, that's right. You know, Improvolution is in New York, and they do their groundling style improv. Oh. Yeah. Okay. They're very cool. I really like them a lot. I did a class with them. Not because, like, I'm going to do improv. I just mm -hmm. feel like it, it's helpful just to loosen me up and just, like, try yeah. stuff. Character-based stuff is very... Character-based yeah. stuff, yeah. And they're all about just dropping into stuff, finding it on your feet. Um, yeah, they're cool. I, I really appreciate that. And they're also like not, it's different because I'm around people who are like ambitious and want to do stuff and are like on the scene and Improvolution is just like, we just enjoy the, the craft of improv. And I'm like, this is different. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is cool though. But yeah, there's so many opportunities for, for places here. And you, you go to a lot of, you, you really found, cause we talked after that show. Yeah. about how you were looking for different places to perform and how it can be kind of tough sometimes to to get into certain improv scenes if it's basically through the course that that people yeah. become part of a community. So where all do you try to hit up and and work on characters here and develop your your craft? Right. It's it's for characters like I do a ton of stand up shows and that's just kind of like being around booking you know just just reaching out to people and, and having a good tape mm -hmm. but like the character scene is a is an odd nut to crack and that's kind of why i started doing so much stuff on the internet because i was like where would i perform <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah like so, yeah theaters have a character night but there's not like it's not like every night of the week you have opportunities to do character stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you do for stand-up. Yeah, you do for stand-up. And that's why it's it's so, it's so, because like if you look at all of the performers that you, like old school vaudevillian performers were great and they performed 11 shows a week and that's mm. how they became great. And so I, I, you know, for characters, man, I'll, so what I, I still do, like I'll still like, if I'm working on someone new, like I'm working on May Musk. I, I pick the worst impersonations, by the way. I pick the ones that no one gives a fuck about. I, I try Melania, you know, and then I like Martha Stewart. This is a good idea. Like, it's just, I have the worst of all the Kardashians. I picked Kris Jenner. Like, I have the worst. I just like the misfits, the weird ones in the background. I'm like, ooh, that's what? And so I'll work on like a batch of videos. I'll like work on the impression and then like I'll write a few videos up and then I'll shoot them as a way for me to like work on it. And then I try to bring it into stand up. And then sometimes if I can get a show, then I will work on a character at a show. Uh. And that's unfortunately like I'll just try to hit up a show and be like, I've done this or whatever. And sometimes you're like, I don't know, you go away. And sometimes you're like, all right, cool. <laughs> do you so do like, when you do stand up, do you ever do stand up as yourself or are you doing characters usually? I just end up as myself. And I talk a lot about like stuff going like that that's gone on with me so i talk uh -huh. a lot of like very personal stuff but i like mm -hmm. use characters within that i used to just stand up as melania trump that's yeah. part of melania became a thing <laughs> uh -huh. so i like do stand i would go in the character um so i just do i talk as myself and then i'll try to bring my characters in through the stories and stuff like that yeah mm, interesting so 
you've done so much writing as as we've mentioned like you've been yeah. at, you know in McSweeney's stuff yeah how what is your endeavor there like was that something that you were doing to get yourself out there or to hone writing or is that a, a long-term goal that you want to write um, well you know it's funny because writing is another venue where like I didn't have to rely on like taking all the classes mm. somewhere because mm -hmm. I could just write as the character that's where my pieces really the ones have taken off like it's I wrote in the voice of a character and that's mm. so that was another venue for me to explore a character very cool and then yeah and then that's mostly what it's from I am learning that like our skills that we're developing as performers are applicable to writing for television and I think yeah. that could be really fun mm. and I never thought I could you know I'm from Queens I don't know how to dream so <laughs> confidence what is that so I, I've been thinking more about that and like working on writing in that realm as well yeah. oh very cool yeah what is probably when you are coming up with a character and then trying to expound on that character what is your go-to approach to it it's kind of different for everyone but I just have like a bag of tools so it'd be like like lucid body I'll do the lucid body signature oh, okay. I'll like try to figure out there that then I will think about what's the want character want that's a that's a good groundling groundlings also does a spine line they're really into that that's helpful like what's the character's deal like any it could be just a phrase or a word one word is great one word is good uh -huh. if their whole thing is like like I have a character Mel Mel she's you know, she's always looking for uh, manipulation. She's or trauma bonding. She's like, oh, wow, you look like you've seen a lot of pain, you know, and just very, <laughs> you look like, you know, someone really beating you down like me. Oh, my God. You know, so I think of like a word. And so just and then just writing as them, like writing sketches. And the groundlings has been great to like just try and fail. Just great. Yeah. Just spit him out. Spit him out. Spit him out. Spit him out. Yeah. Oh, very cool. So then when you are trying to uh, build and develop that character, you're constantly kind of going back to that initial thing of, mm -hmm. you know, what is, what was that word or what was that perspective? Like uh -huh. you know, where do they experience pain in their body? Like you, you keep right. thinking about that thing. Mm -hmm. And then I'll keep notes. I have like a spreadsheet or not spreadsheet, a doc with like mm -hmm. different people I'm working on. And then some people it's like frustrating, you know, some people like I'm working on them. And then it's like, they just, they're not getting specific enough. And then they almost meld it to someone else. And then they're kind of gone. And then it's like, mm. okay, well, I'll see you later. But I don't know. Oh, wow. Yeah. It kind of filters in and out. Yeah. It sounds a lot like stand-up, like developing a stand-up joke, you know, because yeah. it, yeah. it doesn't come fully formed and it takes time to break it and figure it out. How long generally do you think it takes for you to come up with a character, like fully like develop it? It's, it's different now because of all the stuff I'm doing to try to make it less time. It used to take like three months. So now I think it takes, I don't know, like less than that. It could take a few weeks now, but I wouldn't say it's good. You know, it's going to take me bombing a few times or figuring out a few times. Yeah. What it is to get it. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Maybe awesome. a month. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I don't know how to... I say I don't know how to do it, but I mean, I guess I technically do. You do. But... <laughs> you do. Yeah, yeah. I just think there's so much shame around like, 
Oh, man, you need to be like forced. That's why I love the groundlings. You are Mm -hmm. forced to try because they're just like, no, like, and you've done that three times. Like, Uh you can't do that. You got to do something else. Yeah. Fix it. Find it. I don't know. Do it. Yeah. So they make you write monologues like in 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, you know, but guess what? (laughs) You do it. And you just make yourself do it. So. Yeah, I th- that's something that I heard. I mean, some something similar about creating before about how there's that hump of just you you just have to get over like oh, but this isn't good. Just write it. Just do it. It's like well, just right. try this other thing. Like you've done that one. Just what's the next one? Like what's something else? Just just do it, and don't think too much about it. Just start yeah. doing it. That's a very interesting yeah. approach to things, but it's a very helpful one. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard, and I guess I. Mm-hmm. I like I, I finished a reel and it, it did not get accepted, but it was my best work, I think, to date. And I asked my manager, like, all right, we're going to like never tell anyone how long this took me to do. <laughs> like basically, <laughs> like Michelangelo, Michelangelo burned all of his papers because he didn't want everyone to know how much work it took for him to get where he was. Oh, interesting. Uh, so I was like, we're going to do like Michelangelo and just never tell anyone about <laughs> all the drafts. And she's like, no, that's exactly what it takes. There's no shame. That's ex- that. This is this is what it is. And I was like, oh, I guess I just thought everyone else was like shitting Doing gold. So- yeah, yeah, but they're not like that is one of the things that has been amazing to me to discover over the last few years and, and several years, I guess, of living in New York and seeing people develop and figure things out. It's like, oh. I was seeing this person on television and just kind of assuming <laughs> that they were getting there quick, but they're not. Yeah. Yeah. I, I interviewed someone on my podcast from, who was a writer for Colbert and he was like, you would not believe who I've seen bomb. Like I've mm-hmm. seen really funny people bomb in the room mm-hmm. and you're like, well, happens to everyone. You it know? does. I remember I've said this a bunch of times, but Chris Rock has said you will never get away from bombing. It doesn't matter how famous you are. You will never escape it because you're yeah. always going to be trying something for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you, you just yeah. don't know how that's going to go. <laughs> you right. Can't, you can't know how that's going to go. I can't know. And then sometimes something works and then people laugh and then you're like, what just <laughs> happened? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, how do you cope with that? Because I did a show recently and I was doing some stuff and that and I realized like I, I started saying the stuff that was sort of maybe logical, like I like in my brain, I knew the next step. I was I was doing I was improvising a story, like a true to life story, but I knew how the story went. And then I just started out of nowhere throwing asides in that were getting laughs. And I was cool. like Oh yeah, I used to experience this when I would do stand up a lot and had a joke that didn't do well yeah. and had to get yeah. myself out of the corner I backed myself yeah, into yeah. with yeah. just an aside. And yeah. I don't know where it comes from. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where that stuff comes from, yeah. but it get it'll get a laugh and you'll go, "Wait a second. <laughs> like right. what did I just do? <laughs> I was barely right. conscious." Right. <laughs> And in some ways, you're like kind of reading the minds of the people and like mm-hmm. this what they're thinking of and breaking tension because mm-hmm. you bomb a joke. Everyone's like, all right. And so <laughs> it's like this mind of like sometimes they're like, oh, fuck, or sometimes you're just quiet or sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes you could just like literally just move on. Mm-hmm. And sometimes yeah. you just move on and no one can. And I know that when I watch stuff, sometimes I don't laugh, but I'm like, okay, yeah. that's all right. All right. Yeah. It didn't hit, but I don't hate you. Like, I think you're right. fine. 
Yeah. And I think where bombing sometimes really comes in is when you get in your head and then you yeah. start to think less of yourself. And then the audience is like, well, then why am I here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't come. You're supposed to be like the teacher. You're supposed to have the plan. And if you start like bubbling to yourself, I trusted you to right. arrange this night. You're uh-huh. going to figure this out. So, and I'm saying that it's hard, but like Chris Rock said, like, you will always be caught that one day <laughs> off stage and you have to deal with the consequences. And like anyone yeah. who, any, cause there was one time I bombed and I was because I was really depressed that day. And you, you shouldn't go on stage when that happens. Mm. Like when you're crying on the way to the show, maybe cancel, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I got on stage and it was bad. And as soon as I, my foot hit on the stage, I was like, oh, oh, and I was like actually wrapping. I was ending the show. I was closing out the show and it went not great. And the person, the promoter is a miserable fucking human and mm. so loves to like one up people or show power. And so mm. now will never book me, even though I've like shown to do really well with people he knows. Because he's a mo- he's a fucking motherfucker. Because mm. anyone with like who knows how this works and is like open and like trying and pushing themselves knows everyone has a bad night, right? And they leave space for that, right? Right. Yeah. You know, it's one thing. You know, like I guess there are a couple thoughts that I have, but when it comes to that sort of situation, you know, it's it's one thing if a person's up there and just like intentionally being difficult or bad yep. or something like that, but that's right. obviously not what you were doing. Like, I, there was a show I was on where a guy started bombing, and then he got so shitty about it that he started like he went way over his time. Like, uh, I think like twice the amount of time he was supposed to do. And he just started like pacing on stage and it was like a big middle finger to the audience. It felt like, like, I'm just, whatever, I'm just going to do this. It's like, well, that's shitty. And I could understand not booking that person again, because that's, that's going overboard. But if someone goes up there and they're trying, like you can tell if they're trying or if they're just having a bad night and then they just end up not doing well, like you can give that person a break and just let it you know yeah. like especially if you you in a situation like with you where there are all these people who know that you can deliver and they've probably seen you deliver yeah. other times so then to just make this one time yeah. a uh well never again it's like well, come on you know like that's not that's not yeah. fair yeah unfortunately the like there's some people that's why i'm like i just want to be around nice people because there's some people right. who just want to like or have some ego trip and want to mm-hmm. like you know and especially i can just talk as my experience as a queer person and a woman People don't give you a lot of extra chances sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes they're like kind of want you to fail in some ways when you get up there. And yeah. And unfortunately, there are people you just got to avoid and, and move on. Yeah. There's so many beautiful, wonderful people like you all. Like, I, you know, oh, like you. wonderful people who are funny and working mm-hmm. hard. And like, foc- I just try to focus on that and just like let the Absolutely. rest fall away. Yeah, it is not worth it. It's like even here, well, like I was thinking there were going to be maybe a ton of jerks that I was going to run into up here because I just heard stories. And maybe in certain bubbles, you can run into more jerks than anything else. But like I've just met a bunch of wonderful, kind people, and they also happen to be the most talented people I've ever encountered yeah. or ever seen. And so you don't have to settle for when it comes to character like a person's character and behavior just because they're talented there's so many other people who are probably more talented 
and 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 also will be easy to work with kind helpful that's just better to be around right totally what did tina face i said i was i was watching elaine stritch at liberty and <laughs> tina face said like no one is worth bullshit no one is worth it except elaine stritch <laughs> she comes in late you know i don't know if she comes in late she comes in you know she has an ad, everything to say about everything she doesn't wear pants you know she's, <laughs> she would wear tights and a long sleeve shirt she was the mom played alec baldwin's mom and right yeah yeah and like you know and that was also after probably many years of of like being an awesome person <laughs> you know so you still have to earn it to be able to yeah, come in. yeah. you gotta earn it and be old because like when you're old People are going to go like, well, they're old. <laughs> that's yeah, why, that's why they're complaining. Like an ornery, yeah. <laughs> right, an right. ornery old lady, Broadway diva. Like, well, <laughs> part of the act. You know, you're also mentioning there about like the audience kind of picking up on if you don't have a plan and knowing, you know, it's true. If you go up and you start fumbling, the audience is sort of assuming that you are going to be able to just deliver the bare minimum here. Yeah. <laughs> so when someone does go on stage and they start fumbling and they 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 don't seem like they know what they're doing or what they want to do it is you know it's that is a time where the audience is gonna maybe not turn on you but they're they're definitely gonna be like done with your set <laughs> yeah and then if you have some assholes then that's when they attack too yeah you know, those guys yeah that's the danger. It's funny when I palm the audience is concerned. People coming after me like, "No, I think your mic was wrong or something." Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'm gonna go right. cry. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, we've reached the end of the episode. It's, yeah, let's create something together. Sure, so let's do it. We've talked a lot about characters, so maybe that is the direction to go here. And you, you talked about how when you are developing a character, you try to start with a word and. Uh, you know, a point of view and an essence. But you also talked a little bit about, maybe this is where we can start, about how you pick who you're going to do a character on. Now, if it's a public figure, then you're thinking about what, I guess, what was interesting about them. That that I guess that's the thing that makes you decide to do like a Chris Jenner or Milana. There's something yeah, yeah. interesting about them. But when it's not a famous person, when, when it's just like, a person you know a character from queens where do you start with that like how do you decide in that situation it's kind of the same just like mm -hmm. what inspires me about them and then i can go off is what's nice is that they can go on your own imagination of like where do they live and you don't have to stick to the book whereas like in a you get to dream more whereas in mm. an impersonation you're somewhat sticking to their book right oh interesting yeah so when you like you might just encounter someone in your day-to-day and you yeah. go like, what an interesting person. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I'm always taking pictures on the sly of people. And like, people <laughs> I know, no, they're like, no, I'm recording. They're like, what are you doing? Like, no, it's like hard to do. It's hard to do on the train because there's like oftentimes the window behind you. So you can yeah. see the reflection of that or the, a person yeah. next to you might be like, hey, don't do that. Don't take pictures of people. on the yeah, subway. Yeah. But well, sometimes you see such characters and you just want to remember them so that you can just enjoy them. Yeah. But I don't know. It's it, the the pictures on the sly is tough to do. But I have seen some interesting people on the subway where I'm like, oh, I want to take a picture. Yeah. 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 And so that's interesting that, you know, what you were saying that you can you have a little more liberty there because you don't know that person. You saw them and you're yeah. you're making some extrapolations of 
what they might be like elsewhere. And that's how a character develops. So then it becomes not really about that person anymore. Yeah, exactly. It, ha- it almost has to departure because mm-hmm. then it has to become something that like works. I mm-hmm. used to sometimes I clung too much on like, oh, no, they would or would not. But who cares? It, right. You want to make the audience laugh and feel. So like figure that out. Throw everything else out. Just do right. that. Right. Um, first. Yeah. And when you're creating a character or doing an impression of a person and you said you have to stick to their book, are there certain chapters of their book that you just say, "Ah, I won't focus on those. I'll just try to keep it here to keep it simple. That's what I'm trying to do more of because I was too much like, oh, wait, I just know. Like in the I got so far in the Melania weeds. Sometimes I would make (laughs) jokes and people were like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like I knew all I knew all the Melania news. Like I wouldn't touch. With a Slovenian journalist who they're suing because she like he told a lot of their secrets, but like, oh. like that's how deep I was like so deep on the Melania four one one. I know so many rumors about her because I hear and she's in France by the way. But I know why oh, yeah? people tell me shit. Yeah, she's totally in France. <laughs> she'll she'll come back for shit, but she's in France. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if we were to create a character. Let's see. Like, let's try to create a character. Yeah. Like, so, so is it going to be one we both do, or we're gonna? Let's do that. That might be okay. fun to see how okay, like how, how each other would approach it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Cool. I'm trying to think what was a shared experience we had. So we had the show recently yeah. and then we went out afterwards. Wasn't there something peculiar that happened? Oh, I don't know if you overheard this. There was this when we were walking to the restaurant. Yep. These two guys were behind us and I just heard some murmuring. These two kids huh. they were like teenagers or around 20 or whatever. And I just heard this murmuring. And we were a large group walking down the street, but we weren't like doing what most people do and just taking up the whole sidewalk. We were just walking normal and there just wasn't a whole lot of space in certain spots. And then the guy got so mad. It was like fussing about it. Like when he walked past, like, oh, you don't know how to fucking walk. Like people don't know how to fucking walk or something like that. And then he just kept walking. He like ended up passing us, our group, but we were in the back and he was saying that to us. And it's sort of like, what do you want us to like? levitate above the people in front of us like what can we do yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so but you were i think elsewhere in the group so i don't know if you uh but i think i thought well, you know and that's interesting and that's interesting that they told you that right the fucking walk yeah that's he like, like mumbled it to me yeah he didn't I know who these people are okay all right yeah yeah he's one of those guys he doesn't look you in the face to say it he just kind of like says it down to the ground right in front of you but oh, is like acting better. like yeah, it's like so he's but he like had a bald fist like he was going to start a fight. But it's also like you're also like not really even puffing your chest out to me. You're looking at the ground in front of me. I want it. It's someone who's trying to be tough, but it's not tough. Not that's tough. Fun. Oh, man, that's so fun. I love it. Like two where they were kids. I love it. Like two kids out trying to like. Be tough, but are not like, yeah, man, like I told that person, you know, go fuck themselves or whatnot. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, yeah, whatever, man, it's fine. You know, just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you're trying to present that kind of character, yeah. where do you start? So then I think like, OK, where does this stand? How would I stand? And mm-hmm. then, OK, so who are they? So they probably like they're a kid. What are they mm-hmm. probably like? Yeah, so, like late teens or around 20. Okay. Okay, so I like to see 19 years old. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why are they walking around? Maybe they are the kid who went to community college. Everyone else went away. So they're kind of insecure, maybe, mm-hmm. in that way. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you are kind of near kind of local kid. 
which uh-huh. I know a lot of those. And uh, yeah, walking around with his friend. But well, that was a Tuesday night. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> and so what? what is it about that? Well, they can't, they talk tough, but are on, but then they are the biggest softy in the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I bet if we had said something, he just would have been like, oh, sorry. <laughs> what you got? Okay. You know, that's interesting that you are even thinking like day of the week that it was yeah. because, but all of that informs like why was yeah. this person where they were on the day that they were yeah yeah you know like like a kid you're probably. hanging out here on a tuesday night <laughs> walking around the lower east side talking smack <laughs> mad at the world for no reason mad the mad that mad too it'd be fun like maybe one of them's mad and is more tough the other one's like yeah i'm tough and they're not you know mm-hmm. kind of like that maybe it's like they play off each other and when you don't hear the person like, I don't know how many characters you've created that you didn't know what they sounded like. Uh, you probably have heard most of them. But if you were trying to present this, like, where would you start vocally? That'd be hard. Cause then I, okay, so, okay, they're 19-year-old, I think, boy. So then I would think, okay, do I definitely want to make them a boy? Maybe I'll make them, like, a little, like, you know, a little, like, lesbian that's hanging out here. You know, she's hanging out with her boy. And she's like, yeah, I'm fucking real tough. Whatever. I fuck these bitches. Whatever. You know, trying to, like, talk <laughs> like the guys. So maybe that's it. Maybe I <laughs> yeah, go there. Okay. You know, something like that. Think about what could I do in my like vocal range. But I could be a guy too. I've done that before too. But just you know, but think that kind of makes that makes me happy. Just that thought of being like a little local lesbian. I know so many of them at the gay center back in the day. Like that mm-hmm. kid, hey, Tuesday night, Lower East Side. That makes all sense. That makes yeah. all sense. <laughs> Would it be too much if I like if I were to do it? I was like when I did it earlier. I was like, oh, fucking walk. I learned to walk, but. And making it a character, would it be too much to be like, oh, like, is that too much of a character choice? Who knows? I mean, play with it. Like, if it, you feel it, if you can own the weird voice, <laughs> yeah. like, we will too, you know, and you mm-hmm. feel good about it, we feel good, you know? Oh, okay. What are some tips for owning that? Because that is something that it can, it, sometimes doing a voice can feel like you're doing something too surface level or superficial. So how do you own it and make it feel like it actually has depth? Is it committing to the mentality or to emotion or, and actually having a perspective or, or what? Yeah, I think it's yeah, deepening the character. Like my character, Judy, is like, everyone said, this is my voice. You know, she's the shrill Parkside, mm-hmm. the Parkside Food Co-op manager. And sometimes, <laughs> you know, sometimes you have to lose it. Like when I was doing, I was doing a sketch with her and it was like, you kind of got to lose it because I don't understand why she has this oddly weird. It, it works in like a greater world, like where she has this oddly weird Englishy accent. Like, where does this <laughs> come from? And if you have one minute, it makes it a lot to think about. Okay. So sometimes you might have to lose it in the context and bring it up and down. But if you your core character has that voice, like play with it. And I just think of like, if you, the more you work on the character, the more it becomes three dimensional and you keep asking questions about the character. And then like, you know, you'll fill it in and then, in, mm-hmm. you know, you'll you'll feel more comfortable and just do it a bunch. Just do it a shit ton. Ah, cool. Cool. OK, back to this character. Yeah. What, what would how do you give it a name? How do you give the characters a name? That's hard. Sometimes it just comes, man. I think that mm-hmm. this guy like, let's see. Let's see this. This one, I think it might be like 
Sam or something. Like <laughs> for some Sam. reason, Stewie stuck in my head for some reason, but I don't know if Stewie makes. Oh, it. Sam and Stewie <laughs> hanging out. That's <laughs> so dumb. I love it. They're so dumb. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and like, it's funny. Like she would like make him go. Like you know, whatever. Just fuck those people. And then like the trouble. There's always that person that trouble happens, and the guy who's angry and ready at the world will go fight, and the person <laughs> who's the softy will go hide. Sam and Stewie. And then, so then how do we present the characters? Should we uh, first start with a, like a one minute piece or should we, if we were going to present these characters, like how do you Man, actually I feel start like, that? Yeah, maybe just like improv them or do uh -huh. some improv writing exercises or like write my to-do list as the character, you know, think about like Sam and Stewie, what do they like to do? So I'm the tough um, i talk big and i'm a wuss you're the angry person who's running kill everyone and so and and we connect and so then what would be what would be the most crazy situation to put these people in so that's what i thinking about that yeah ah yeah the worst i want the worst nightmare where's the worst <laughs> nightmare give me that their worst nightmare coney island on july 4th weekend at the yeah <laughs> yeah nathan's hot dog eating contest oh yeah that's <laughs> that's that's a lot of people not moving <laughs> oh yeah and they feel like everyone's in their way and in their space <laughs> yeah like all space is their space like anyone gives a shit <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yet everyone's in it yeah, yeah. Should, should we present these should we do these characters sure sure let's try let's try to do uh, who's sam, and, sam and who's stewie so you're all stewie you're okay stewie. i'm like stewie you're, you're, you're sam yeah. okay yeah, all right okay. all right and we're we're right. we're in coney island okay. coney island oh, right. oh so many people here Man, it's like they're just like in our like space. Yeah, like, like, like it's just like walk. Will you walk? Just like fucking get it. Like what are you looking at? What are you looking at? Nothing. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, I don't want to. Don't look in their face when you say it. I just want to like. It's like they're there, and I just want to like, like I just want to go at them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Look at the back look, of his head. Look yeah, at that's him. right. Look at the back of his head. Look who has a head like that? In the back of the head. Oh. Look, look at that head. It's just like in that head takes up so much space and that's our space. And this is Tony Island and man, this is our fucking New York. Oh, he's turning around. Oh, oh no. I'm not talking to you. I want to talk. No, we weren't everybody? talking to you. Why are you I don't, well, I don't know why you're starting stuff with me. I didn't do anything. No, just, uh, just, I wasn't saying what. I was, I was talking to my foot Stewie just saying, you know, we need to walk. I wasn't talking to you. Well, we just want, you know, I just got to stretch my legs. I'm tall or whatnot. <laughs> there it is. Come through an Instagram video near you. Sam and Stewie, <laughs> take New York. <laughs> Thanks so much for being on the podcast, Lauren. Uh, thank you for having me. So fun. What a super fun chat. I hope you enjoyed that. Lauren has a couple of projects, a variety show that she's touring called Ancestry.comedy, and she is developing a comedy room in Little Italy at Capiche Bar. Get show dates and details on her book and more on her website, LaurenLajudice.com or LaurenLogi.com. Follow her on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram at Lauren L-O-G-I. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at There It Is Pod. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow me on Twitter at Jason Farr Jokes and Instagram at Jason Farr Picks. Go to thereitispod.com for newsletter and support info. We have a really fun episode next week I can't wait to share. Until next time, be good to each other.
The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr. (laughs) 